Bagel, the best thing that she may have ever said, taking a one-year-old to a cottage <laughs> is a different experience now, Jen. Yes, not, uh, we didn't think ahead on that one. Not what we were picturing, but, you know, ultimately fantastic and great family time and all of that. We spent lots of time in the in the water and, but yeah, we uh, we had a different picture in our minds than <laughs> what the experience was at the end of the day. But we uh, we figured it out. Yeah, it's all good. And that's yeah. what I love. I, I remember there was so many. Okay, I'm gonna call it like it is. You're a young parent. I maybe not. <laughs> yeah. And and I remember when we were young parents, everyone kept saying to us, just like live life like you normally do. And you know what? That might have been some of the best stuff we've ever done. Yeah. yeah, it's a little different because now you got a, an extra set of eyes or a body or a human to look after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that plan of reading the book on the deck—that's not a thing. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but the experience of you know being there and her experiencing all that for the first time was like you know we wouldn't trade that trade that for the world. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, like. Yeah. Is she eating mud and sand and everything else now? <laughs> uh, mainly just sticks and rocks. She likes Good. to taste those. Yeah. Sand, she actually didn't like very much. She wasn't a big fan of the sand. Smart. But the water, she kept trying to eat, like drink the lake water when she was in it. She thought that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty yeah. cute, actually. Yeah. yeah. I always yeah. remember having our, our kids at the beach and... Yeah, you forget that sand gets in every nook and cranny and everywhere else. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Yeah, that part was definitely true. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. So we, evidently, this is a real estate show <laughs> somewhere <laughs> in it. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. and we've, we've kind of taken the month of August um, off, in a sense, from uh, hosting KWRC-TV. And uh, Jen said earlier, you know, it's kind of quiet, but on the flip side, it may not be. So we're going to talk about, you know, what what's happening in the market. Um, and then, of course, over the last week or, or so, uh, basically every um, government party has launched their platform. And along within that platform for the upcoming election is mm-hmm. their housing platform or their housing plan. So I, Jen and I thought it'd be good to kind of go through a couple of them or a few of them and just kind of digest it and, and kind of figure out what it means. And and um, just like every, any platform, there's going to be good stuff. There might be stuff you don't agree on. But I think, yeah. you know, if we could just take all of them, put them all together, then we'd be laughing. It would be awesome. Yeah. There's a solution in there somewhere. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And and we'll mention this throughout it too. Like, uh, it doesn't matter what party gets in place. In a sense, it's it's what we have to work with, right? So it's being yeah. able to be adaptable and, and to move along with that. So uh, yeah. your the party of your choice might not get into power, but that's okay. I think what makes great realtors great realtors is the fact that they can adapt. Yeah, yeah, and knowing that we have the support behind us with our, our different, you know, organizations and um, regulating bodies that will help us adapt, right? And, and help us adjust and give us some guidance that way as well. Whether it's just your brokerage or it's CREA or RICO or Oria or whoever that comes from, um, that's the nice thing about our industry, right? It, it does flex a little bit when we need it to, so. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's <laughs> roll the intro and, and get this show underway. Yep. All right. Well, why don't we just 
pull up the slide with all the information on it and we'll kind of go through it, digest it a little bit and, um, and see where the conversation takes us because there's, there is some great ideas here, but there's also some, just like any platform, it's going to leave questions or mm-hmm. concerns, depending on how you look at it. So uh, this this uh, was floating around over the last few days, and I thought it would you know be be pr- important for us to kind of go through and have a look at it, and see what it means. And of course, it's got the conservative, the liberal, and the NDP party there. Um, and and last week it was the liberals that launched. I don't want to say first, but they got the most exposure from it because uh, they had yeah. a big big uh, campaign around this and um, there are some good things in here and there are some questionable things in (laughs) in all of these not just the liberal but all of these let's let's be very clear here right chat and i mean that's the case with every platform in every election there's there's some stuff that you're gonna like and it's gonna make sense and there's some stuff that is gonna be questionable regardless of which party platform you're looking at but absolutely yeah there's there's definitely a range of that is smart and makes perfect sense to what is happening (laughs) yeah and and if you've got questions if you're watching live with us or on the replay drop them in there to the notes again we're just this is for informational basis only and uh, we're going to talk to uh, these points uh, with our realtor hat on in a sense mm-hmm. and um and and also investor stat uh, hat as well as a homeowner because you know, that's part of if we look at some of these and i'm going to jump in, in and around here but a lot of this uh, a lot of the platforms here hey stacy we see you there um is all about home ownership and making home ownership attainable which i think jen you and i uh and i think across canada we would all agree on that yeah absolutely they're they're it's been an interesting couple of years and, and for, for first time home buyers or people entering the market um, specifically and for everybody really truthfully, but specifically for that group and doing anything we can to help people get that opportunity is always going to be, you know, in the best interest of everybody um, across the board. So I think, yeah, that is the key to what we pull from here and what we, what we look at, right. What, how is it going to benefit us regardless of which party it is? Absolutely. So let's just kind of roll along uh, the, t- the top uh, here. So the conservatives are pledging to build 1 million homes within three years. Uh, liberals, you can see there, build, repair 1.4 million homes over the next four years. And NDP uh, taking a slightly different apo- approach and uh, building 500,000 affordable homes in 10 years. And mm-hmm. wh- all those things are great. Uh, the the kind of the main perspective here, Jen, and we always hear this is especially from developers. We're happy to build. We want to build. We want to build as fast as we can, but we get yeah. slowed down uh, from from the what's the word I'm looking for from the the, the local bureaucracy. government and the bureaucracy <laughs> in a sense on yeah. you know they acquire land and by the time that they get their shovel into it can be years later because of the permit process the planning process takes time and effort yeah. to go through right yeah yeah exactly it's a, it's tedious to get to that breaking ground point um and, and you know the fact that all of the parties are acknowledging that something needs to happen there is great. I guess the bigger question is how are they going to do it, which in, in these sort of scenarios is never, those answers are never given, right? Um, but I, I think that, it, yeah, it's it's definitely something that if we could speed that up or find ways to maneuver that red tape a little bit so that it was a little more efficient, 
that would definitely solve some of our inventory issues that we're having right now, right? Absolutely. And the interesting piece here too, Jen, I shared this in a video that I did last week, is from this perspective, the the federal government really has no, I don't want to say jurisdiction, but this is not their, this is not in their sandbox. Right. The sandbox that gets held up in a sense is that your local government right? The, the, the towns yeah. and, and those building offices, that's where it gets slowed down because obviously there's, there's rules and regulations that have to be followed, but that's the part that it, mm -hmm. that, that's where we all have questions. Well, then what are you going to do? How are you going to make it easier? Right. right? Because they got to yeah. work with the local or even, you know, discussing more of the vacancy rates and what that looks like, as opposed to banning the cash flow that could be coming in. Right. Um, I don't know. It, that's a tricky one. I know a lot of a lot of people feel that if we remove that, then it would be easier for uh, Canadian residents to get into the market. But but you know, ultimately, I think that that's a. It's not a small portion, but it's one factor of our market, right? Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> and there, you know, in in certain market centers like a Toronto or a Vancouver. Um, we have foreign investment happen that, that happens a lot here. Uh, as right. you get into to some of the smaller communities uh, around Canada, it's it's like you said, it's such a small, small percentage of their market. It's not going to do anything to their market, their local right. market, right? So if yeah. you're in you're in Calgary or Edmonton or uh, Regina, I don't. I'm just trying to think of names uh, that that foreign investment market might be so small they might not even do anything to your local market, right? Right? Yeah. So, so, yeah. you know, always look at this from, well, how does this affect not only Canada, but how does it, how does this affect me living in wherever you happen to be or investing or looking to buy in? Um, yeah. The next one is, is to me, I think would be well, well, welcomed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> by a lot of, um, a, a lot of people ease the stress test requirements for self-employed contractors. Uh, let's kind of stop there and then we'll, we'll go yeah. over the next couple that, you know, as realtors, we are self-employed, right? Yeah, we we yeah. fall into that category. For sure. Yeah. And selfishly, I, I think, yes, yeah, so we would agree with that, right? Of course, we want it to be a little less um, strenuous to kind of get access to that that cash that we're looking for to, to make those investments. Or, um, But we also work with a lot of self-employed. Like I, I do feel in the last few years, more and more people are going into that realm of either being self-employed or contracted versus salaried employee status. And it, it does impact their spending power right now a little bit more, I think. It, it is a lot harder, right? So easing up on that or changing it or having a different model for the different types of applications maybe would, would help with that a little bit. I, I, I can see that that would be, would help, I think, a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And and this next one under the liberal um, platform there, the Homeowner Bill of Rights um, to ban blind bids. So um, multiple offers, uh, you would see or you would learn to know what the other bids are and uh, give people le the legal rights for inspection and transparency. There's a, it's a, lot there's there. a whole lot of stuff there. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, reading through the different threads and posts on social media over the last week, uh, you have you have buyers that are for this. You also have buyers that are against this, and and of course you have sellers that are for and against this too. And the ones that take the time, Jen, to kind of understand what this means is there are buyers that 
love the multiple or sorry, there are sellers that want that opportunity to have that multiple offer in our current sure. system. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and I know they're leaning on, on, um, research and information in different countries like New Zealand, Australia, they have this scenario yet mm -hmm. their market is on fire. So it has not slowed it down one bit. No, no, I know it's, it is, it is interesting, right? When, when the market is moving, the economy is, is in a good position. It, real estate is a popular area, right? It, it does, it does tend to boom it. I don't know that, um, changing how we do things is necessarily the right answer here so much in, in regard to the process, um, so much as, you know, protecting buyer's rights a little bit more. Um, and I know that, you know, going back to the different threads and stuff I was reading, um, I think it was, I think it was real estate hacks. I'm going to say it was that group, uh, Barry LeBeau, who is well known, but in the industry a very long time, he does, he was, he posted a, a comment yesterday about this topic, um, somewhat a, a version of this. And he was talking about, he processes cases, um, through Rico and that he does, he reviews them and gives input and he talks about the cases. And when it, he said what they've seen in the last year or so is not only have the number of cases against agents increased significantly, like almost by double, a lot of it has to do with home inspections and that removal of that condition um, and the, you know, buyers going in with a firm offer because that's what it takes to buy the home and then finding out that the home essentially borderline needs to be condemned, right? Um, after the fact, when you've already bought a firm deal and are locked into a legal binding agreement. So how do we protect our buyers from that situation to me is more important than how the offer process is handled. You know what I mean? Like if you have a, an agent, two agents on both sides that are educated, that know what to look for and that are teaching their clients appropriately, then we shouldn't have that happening. So is it an issue with our education process, with our licensing process, with our brokerage's responsibility? Where, how do, where's that fall into this type of category versus blind bids versus not blind bids, right? I, I don't know if that's the biggest caveat to hang your hat on right now. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 and this is a big part of their platform too, from the liberal perspective, the mm -hmm. other piece in here too, is, um, the legal right for inspection. Well, you have the legal right for inspection. It's your choice in order to have that on your purchase and sale agreement. Right. Yeah. And, and maybe there's, you know, obviously there's going to be a happy medium in all of this. Um, in order to accept a multiple offer situation, maybe a pre-inspection report has to be provided. You know, I, yeah, I, I don't know yeah. what that looks like or the ramifications or even the logistics of that, but um, perhaps that's, that's something. And there's a whole nother realm there too, because here's the other crazy thing, and this is not the topic of conversation today, but maybe it will be one day, is mm -hmm. uh, home inspections. Well, there's no national governing body like there yeah. is for realtors. Right. Which is so crazy when you think about it. Right. Like it, that always blows my mind that that there's not um, a regulating body and that there's not a it's not overseen, really, um, other than that they need to have obviously insurance and things like that. But beyond that, it, it's kind of is what it is. Right. It's, it's, it's a weird industry that way, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Cause we got lots to go through here uh, yeah. from the NDP uh, column there. Uh, the third down eliminate federal HST GST on affordable home and rental projects. So this is interesting. 
And again, a great idea. The, the question that I have, though, is, well, what's affordable? Yeah. Right? Um, you know, that would save 13% on, you know, a big renovation or a cost like that. Or, or are we talking like, you know, paint and that other thing? Like, where, where does it stop? I don't know. I think it's an interesting concept, though. Yeah, I, I mean, again, that that requires just a little more explanation or understanding as to what the thought process is there. If it's, you know, purchasing the property itself, then obviously that's significant. Um, but like you said, if it's if it's more just home improvement projects, um, you know, I don't think that's the biggest <laughs> the biggest issue we have right now is that HST on those costs. So it it just depends, I guess, on what they mean by that. And that's what's hard with these with these kind of when they roll out their platforms, cause it's just all bullet point, right? There's no, yeah. there's no detail. Yeah. 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 I don't, you're right. That's here. The root of the, here's the root of the issue is supply. Right? Yeah. So how do we increase 100%. supply? And that's, that's the question. If you're basing your voting on this in, in the next couple of weeks on the election, the Canadian uh, election, and you want to understand it from a, a real estate perspective, we need to increase supply. So anything in here that's going to increase supply is going to just slow that pricing acceleration down. Right, Jen? Like that, that's, yeah. that's really what it boils down to here. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, for us to get back on track, I think we're going to talk about this a little later when we talk about kind of it's quiet, but it's not, um, is that whole, our demand is just, it's through the roof in our air, especially the GTA and surrounding areas, even going North of here. So, you know, how do you create enough supply that it matters? Because that's really a bigger question as well. Um, you know, I think that's something that has to be looked at for sure. Yeah. And moving right along. So back to the conservative side, um, encourage investments in purpose-built rentals. This is something that's done now, but not, uh, I, I think there's a lot more that could be done here. Um, again, we've got, and we're not talking about the mom and pop investors like, you know, myself, for instance, you know, because there, there always are going to be the, that segment. We're talking about yep. the developers and so developers. forth. Exactly. Yeah. And developers are in it for a reason. Mm -hmm. And it's dollar right. signs, right? They want to make money. Uh, they have yeah. investors that they're responsible uh, to. And depending on the size of that development company, they might be a REIT, for instance, where yeah. they're, they're publicly traded. And when they're publicly traded, that means they have to answer to their investors to provide a return. So yeah. I don't know what that looks like. Um, I, I don't, sometimes there are incentives you build purpose built, will free up land for you. We'll give you this lands, things like that. So anyways, that's interesting. 25% mm -hmm. reduction in CMHC. Um, there's more to this one, Jen. I, I quite honestly, I'll, I'll be honest with you right now. I forget what this all encompasses. Uh, yeah. I, I do recall when I went through the information last week that, um, they do want to make it easier for CMHC to lend or insure properties, I should say, uh, from that right. perspective. And then the NDP okay. here is re uh, rental support of up to $5,000 per family. So they're brought, what I'm seeing there, Jen, is uh, you might qualify for a $5,000 rental grant, perhaps. Yeah, uh, from that yeah that's what I'm getting from that. You can, you can really see um, that the 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 NDP are focused more on affordability of housing um, in their in what we're seeing here versus liberal conservative I think that 
you know, not to compare them, but just to kind of look at the different positions, affordability versus um, opportunity or, or the creation of more, more homes, right? Um, which are all great perspectives. So it's, a, it's just a matter of what's going to really make the biggest difference. And I think we skipped one too, one row there about the mortgages, extend the conservatives and the liberal, like we, I think we skipped that. Yeah, totally. I wanted to touch on that. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So I, I believe there, they want to add more opportunity. So a mortgage term typically one, two, three, or five years, some lenders will offer a 10 year, some will do seven. So offering more terms like that. I like, I, I, I meant to zone in on the, the liberal idea there of the first time buyer's tax yeah. credit doubling to 10,000. That's a no brainer. Our market has moved fast enough. It needs to be done. I, I mean, that, that's that, yeah, that should probably already have been done. I mean, the market has inflated so much and none of the support has, has grown with it. Right. So, um, that, that, you know, across the board on all parties, I feel like that should be adjusted. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the NDP there reintroduced the 30 year insured mortgages. So the longest length or amortization you can get right now on insured mortgage is 25 years. So moving that to 30 years as yeah. well. And I recall uh, the liberals also increasing the, um, the CMHC amount from 1 million. So you get a million, an insured million dollar loan or mortgage yeah. up to 1.25. So again, that's just moving with, with the, with the market. With the market. Well. Yeah. Right. That, Makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. I like, I like this bottom right, <laughs> bottom left. Bottom, of course you do. <laughs> yeah. And this, this would, I don't know. Okay. So capital gains deferral on investment properties, if reinvested into an investment property. This isn't going to do anything except put more money into people like my, me, um, yeah, our, it's going to fill our pockets a little bit more, <laughs> which is good. Yeah, yeah, I like and, it and per, perhaps the the they it will generate more interest in investment properties if you're not getting taxed on that money as long as you keep it in an income property or an investment property. So maybe people who don't see the value will adjust their based on those numbers. I'm not sure if they're looking at trying to generate more purpose-built rentals or get more people into that area, then that's a good way to do it, right? It's a pretty good incentive for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. They have something similar in the States called, I think it's called a 1035 exchange. I don't know why hmm. I know that. Those are the weirdest <laughs> random numbers. Uh, tax deferral, that's always a good thing. If I can just keep pushing the tax bucket down yeah. the road, we're happy about that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So the liberals, um, they have a, a rent to own project. So that's something that I've done a lot in a lot of investing in over the, over the years. Um, that would be mm -hmm. a government regulated program. I'm sure with CMHC's involvement there, uh, there's a lot to unpack there, but again, that's not, this is not going to increase supply. Um, it's just a way for people to purchase properties. What we got to do is increase supply, but I like yep. the bottom one there, Jen. I don't know if you caught that for the liberals, mm -hmm. new tax-free savings account to be used for down payments. This might be the best thing on here for, mm -hmm. for people trying to save up. Cause let's think about it. If you can save $10,000 a year, $25,000 a year, let's say you're able, you're in a position to save, um, $50,000 a year which is a lot of money, right? Yeah. Yeah. But in order to save that and have $50,000, we are, we are taxed on that before we actually have it. Yes. Right. Yeah. 
So you might have to earn $85,000, $100,000 just to have that $50,000. That yeah. is a lot of earning. Yes. A tremendous amount of earning. Or if you have it in some sort of investment vehicle where you're earning 3 4 5%, your tax on that every year as well, where this can be a tax-free savings account, just like a TFSA, and put, yeah. you put it in there. And maybe you're young. Maybe you're in your early 20s and, and, and or, or, you know, I think you have to Teenage be 18. Even. Yeah, 18 to yeah. have a TFSA. Yeah. This is golden. Just start putting money in there and, and buying some stocks or some dividend stocks that can earn you money over the time, and it's tax-free. This is amazing. Yeah, I love this one. This is probably one of the better the better ones on here for a lot of reasons, but most importantly, it, it just creates more opportunity. Um, again, it's more about being able to buy the property versus creating properties or homes and inventory. However, it for those buyers that are really struggling to get their first property because they, the market's growing faster than our incomes are changing, obviously, it's a great tool uh, to help them get there faster, right? Um, and it, yeah, I, I think I wish this was around 10 years ago. I mean, I would have, that would have been amazing. You could have yeah. done, done a lot with it. Right. Yeah, for sure. And, and mm -hmm. people might say, well, that already exists with the, the RSP plan that we have. We can put in an RSP. And the, here's the thing though. If you use your RSP funds, which you should, if you're a first time home buyer, you should. Mm -hmm. the, the catch is though, we have 15 years to pay that back or we're taxed on yeah. it. Right? Yeah. Where yeah. the, in, in this version of it, there would be no taxing, which is, yeah. which to me is a great thing. Yeah. And, and there's a maximum on the RSP plan yeah, as well. Right. Right? Yeah. So that also limits you a little bit more. Um, whereas well, I, I don't know for sure, but I would assume that there's no maximum on this. It's just, I guess you'd have an, an annual amount possibly that you could put in, but I, I would think it would be significantly higher than the RSP one. Yeah, for sure. And then mm -hmm. uh, the last uh, piece there from the NDP streamlined funding for co-ops, social and nonprofit housing. Uh, yeah. In sticking with what you had noticed there, they're looking for housing opportunities, uh, perhaps not opportunities to create supply. Yes. And, and yeah. to me, that's what we need to be doing. We're looking at opportunities to create supply. Yeah. I agree completely. Yeah. I mean, they all have, you know, pros, they all have things you maybe don't love so much. Um, and they all have kind of clear perspectives on what their vision is for where their what their platform is. Definitely, uh, it's always good to compare them, right? And and look at all the different parties, not just even these three, but look at everybody and see, okay, who's across the board, who's doing the most to to help, like for what I need or what I want, or for what I feel the country needs, right, or the province needs. So, um, yeah, do your research, I guess, is is what we're gonna throw out there. But from a real estate perspective they're hitting on a lot of the key issues right now. They're, they're missing a few, but they're hitting on a lot of them. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. And again, this was mm -hmm. for informational purposes, uh, CREA, C-R-E-A. Uh, they have a great um, website or landing page, which offers a lot of this type of information. So you can kind of dive in it when you're, it's nice to be all on one page and just kind of analyze yeah. it and go through it and research it together as opposed to going to each individual website and pulling it out. But um, yeah. a, a lot of the, obviously all three of these parties or even more of the parties have their own website and platforms that you can view, but um, uh, educate yourselves. And um, perhaps most importantly out of all this, Jen, that we can say, this is our, this is our, our right as Canadians is to vote. So yeah. use that and vote and, um, 
and and that's something that we are you know very thankful for her for uh, to have that freedom to vote for whomever we want and uh, and take that take that opportunity for sure. Absolutely, yeah. All right, let's move on. Let's kind of talk about the summer and what's going on here. Yeah. Okay. Now we flip sides. How crazy is that? Good. <laughs> Threw me off a little bit, actually. Yeah. Keep the audience um, <laughs> excited and, and whatever confused. Maybe that's it. <laughs> or us. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Confuse ourselves. Yeah. 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 So, um, so where do we want to go? It's funny because I know you mentioned it earlier. Um, the market's is, is kind of quiet right now. And then we kind of chuckled. Well, maybe it actually isn't. Right? Yeah. It, it's like... Um, sneaky the market is sneaky Good right for it. i like it that's what i would say you know it's it is quiet on the on the big picture right when we look at the volume and agents taking vacation and buyers kind of checking out and things like that we are seeing a lot of that um but on the flip side and i know gary you had some personal experience with this uh a week ago and a couple of my coaching guys have been going through this our inventory is extremely low so there are still buyers out there shopping uh, and those homes that are on the market are going into multiples and not just one or two offer multiples. You know, we're, we're talking like significant amounts of multiples, which is an interesting indicator for what the fall is going to bring when everybody kind of checks back in. Right. Um, so I think what we're seeing right now is that for the people shopping and for the homes on the market, it's still a challenging market, despite a, it feeling quiet. I guess that's the best way I can put it. Yeah, no, I think it feels quiet because mm -hmm. we're not seeing a whole rush of new listings and things like that. So yeah, from that perspective, it's quiet. But if you're working with three or four buyers, or heck, if you're working with one buyer, it can be as stressful as any time in the year at the moment. Because as you said, yeah. like things are going pretty much every property that, um, not everything that comes onto market goes to multiples, but you know, the one that your client is interested in, it's going to multiples. <laughs> <laughs> like how's that for karma or for Murphy's law? Yeah. Well, that's cause those are the good properties, right? Traditionally, cause we're, we're, we're pointing them in the right direction. And those ones are selling extremely well. I know that, uh, you know, I know you were in offers last, was it last week you were telling me and there's 29. Is that, 29. is that right? Yeah. 29 offers. Yeah. One of the, one of the girls in coaching nine offers last night. Uh, I know Vincent, one of our agents, I think he had 14 or 15 offers on his listing last week, right? Like those, the offer numbers had dropped down. We were at two and three and five, and now we're back up into those double digits. Um, cause the buyer demand is still there, but our, our inventory is, is low right now. Um, very, very low, right? We're, we're, we're on the low end and it, it we'll see what happens once the fall rolls around if that inventory picks up I'm, i mean it's september tomorrow but uh you know what i mean the fall market as we roll into it what uh, what that's going to look like what i from what i can tell buyers are still trying to buy so yeah. um leading that to the other conversation we were having is like you know what are you what are you supposed to be doing right now gary as an agent like what's the best thing you can do now to have a good fall because we know we, the window's closing on that fall market if you haven't already done the work, right? So what what can we do now to kind of benefit from the fact that not everybody knows what's going on and the headlines are a little misleading 
at the moment in regard to what like the outlets are saying, the media is saying about the market. Um, I saw an article earlier saying like, oh, the housing market continues to cool. And I wasn't sure where they were talking about, but it wasn't here. Um, and, you know, things so there's different perceptions out there. So going back to my question, like, what's what's the one thing we can be doing right now, Gary? Yeah. The, and, and I think it always comes back to this, Jen. It, it, so this this should be your answer. Anytime, Jen, me, doesn't matter who, yourself, ask this. And and that's that's where is it? That's that's this little beauty right here. Pick up the phone and and just talk to people. You know, make yeah. arrangements. You know, go hang out with people and 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 just connect with people and and ask them what's going on. And I, you know, the last th- three, four, we'll call it outings. So you know, everyone knows that I I love two things. Uh, when it comes to sports, I love watching and playing soccer and I love mountain biking. And mm. every time I go, I don't bring it up. I don't bring real estate up, but the people there around me know what I do and they ask me and it's just creating those relationships, deepening those relationships. And, yeah. and you want to be, you know, do the things that you need to do. So when somebody says real estate to that person, they think of you, you. yeah, whatever exactly. that is, right. You know, yeah. maybe taking them out for coffee, just whatever. We talked about it on the last one a few weeks ago, Jen. Those drop buys, I think those are awesome. Yeah. Like the little, whether it's a little gift bag or basket or or whatever, a high five or a fist pump, whatever we're doing <laughs> these days, right? Whatever that yeah. is, you know. Yeah, yeah, and and it ultimately it's about providing value, right? Um, when we come from contribution, and you know. We have this happen all the time, Gary. I know you do too. When we get asked those questions, there's no hesitation in giving an answer, right? We're open to talking about the market. I'm giving out free information. I'm giving some of my opinion, my thoughts, my professional um, approach to things without any expectation of it coming back in return, but anything coming back to me. A, because I care that they do the right thing and make the right decision, whether they hire me or they don't hire me. But B, because I know that they're more likely to hire me if I approach it that way, because they know that I'm forthcoming and honest and giving them guidance and advice without expects any expectations. And that's what's going to build that trust, right? And yeah. we know that people hire who they trust. So, you know, some people approach those conversations with scarcity um, and, you know, not wanting to give all the information or trying to book an appointment or, and I'm not saying that's wrong. If you can get to an appointment from that, good for you. That's amazing. But most of the time they're asking for general information, right? Um, so it's always about how do you solve their problem? How do you give them that advice? And going back to your answer on the phone, <laughs> you're right. I know I teed that up pretty lightly for you, but, uh, <laughs> You know, the, the thing I was talking to one of the coaching guys today and I was saying those people that you talked to in the spring that didn't buy or that listing that didn't sell or that they were going to go on the market and then they didn't call those guys, tell them what's going on with the market right now and ask them, are you still thinking about buying a home or selling a home in whatever area? That's your script, right? That's it. Yeah, that's it. It's simple, but you make the engagement and at least ask because they might not know that their position has potentially improved and they might be happy to hear that. You just never know. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's interesting because mm-hmm. on, on Sunday over the weekend, I was at my 80, yeah, my, my aunt's 80th birthday party. And oh, um, cool. last, 
last winter we didn't think she was going to make it and now she's doing absolutely amazing and that's awesome yeah it was really really cool and um so we're sitting there we're all kind of enjoying the incredibly hot afternoon <laughs> but it's all good. we're not complaining yeah. and yeah. it was my cousin's um husband came over to me and just started chatting with me he goes no no i get all your emails i get all your videos <laughs> and i'm standing there looking like acting like of course he does right but i had no yeah. idea or i had forgotten he was on my email or my distribution list and he was asking me all these questions. So just as you said, you come from value, come from that, that place of contribution because you never know who's watching, who's listening, and mm -hmm. or, or who forwards that email or information. So just, you're right, just keep providing value. And, yeah. and those, you know, yes, it can, those conversations will come organically, but they come organically, Jen, because we're both active. Right, you create them. It's organic in how it, it ends, right? The end result is organic in how they approach you, but the buildup to the end result is actually very proactive on our end Absolutely. to create that organic response, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah. My, my favorite type of lead gen is when people call me. <laughs> Jen knows that. <laughs> me too, but, me too. <laughs> right? But how do we yeah. do that? And that's by sending out, you know, valuable information and, and, yeah. and you know, everything around that. We just, you know, we just finished uh, KW mega camp and a lot of it was around that. How do we make, yeah. how do we provide so much value that people are just calling us? A lot of relationship content actually on, on this one, right? Online, online leads and relationships seem to be the two biggest areas of discussion, which kind of shows you where our industry's headed, right? Um, you mm -hmm. know, the, not to say that the other methods and set aren't as important because they're equally as important and equally as effective. However, I think the trends are shifting a little bit in regard to how people build and run their businesses. And I noticed that with MegaCamp this this last week that the topics were a little different than I was actually expecting. I right. was surprised by it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very yeah. good. Very good. Well, if you're with uh, Keller Williams Realty Centers, we are excited for the uh, fall months our our next season if you will and yeah. uh, we've got our team meeting coming up on september 16th which is in person if you're available and you're around and you're comfortable to meet in person we're meeting at um the uh the venetian in aurora which actually seats about 250 people uh although we are capping it at 150 people and and we have the entire uh conference room so they're opening it right up I, we went uh, earlier today with in fact your husband jen dylan to just kind of uh, remind ourselves what we need and what it looks like but we are incredibly yeah. excited uh some big announcements and i don't even have permission to say this but i'm going to say it <laughs> we are we are i'm not going to tell you what they are but we are launching five count them five new initiatives that are going to just change the way we do business at kw uh, realty centers it is going to give our agents so much more um ammunition yeah, ammunition, that's the word. Yeah, uh, good word. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And um, and tools uh, to better serve their clients. We are incredibly excited. I, I don't even have permission to say that, but I just did it. So no one's around <laughs> to say no, Jen. <laughs> exactly, no one can stop us. And now it's been put out into the internet, so there's no taking it back. That's, that's right. gotta be a record though, I love that. Five is, uh, I don't even think I know all five. I, no, I, know I don't think you do, them, we've been working on a couple. Yeah, I don't think I know all of them. So that's, I'm just excited to like 
be in a room with people. <laughs> like there's some people that we coach that I've never met in person. Um, right, it's yeah. all been on Zoom, right? And uh, it kind of throws you off a little bit when you finally see them in person. You're like, oh, I know what you look like, but like that's, you're real, <laughs> you're yeah, real yeah. life. Yeah, so I'm excited. I'm excited to uh, I, I to often get, get um, you know, I see your smiling face, but wow, you're a lot shorter than I thought you were. <laughs> <laughs> Really? <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. Five new initiatives. And uh, yes, it'll be in person. We are, uh, we will be recording it. We are across our fingers looking for um, the solution to stream it. So Dylan, myself and Mike uh, Russo, we're looking into that and that'll be our preference. But if not, it'll, it definitely will be recorded. And yeah. uh, we are really, really excited about that for sure. So, and uh, our training calendar is coming out. It should be in your email boxes either tonight or first thing tomorrow uh there's a lot of great hat a lot of great stuff happening over the next month and into the fall um yeah locally and nationally as well so some good stuff there and uh, we are working on jen uh nationally our next our next ignite uh launch so uh stay tuned for that as well and yeah. um yeah anything else jen I don't think so. I think you kind of, I'm trying to think if there's anything I can add on to that, but I think you hit it. I think you got everything, Gary. Good, good, good. Here they yeah. are. Oh, didn't see them. Those <laughs> are the five initiatives. <laughs> awesome. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, everybody have a wonderful day. We'll see everyone on the next show. And in September, they start happening, happening more frequently. And of course, you can uh, watch us and uh, connect with us on the replays and listen to us on your favorite podcast player of choice. Bye for now. Bye.